There are two ways you can launch a new business, build a brand and then create a product, or create a product and then build a brand. While there's no one right way to do this, building a brand before you launch a product does have its benefits. This week on the podcast, we're talking about how to increase brand awareness in preparation for a product launch. Let's dig in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian. And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Good morning, Rian. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing great as well. Today, I'm actually drinking Orchid Fragrance Oolong Tea. Ooh, I love that you're so on brand. I'm, I'm drinking water. Now I turned a corner and now I'm just drinking tea from your episodes. I still need to buy tea. I'm just going to send you some of, of this tea because it's really phenomenal. Okay. And it's a sample pack. So there's six different kinds. So that's my favorite kind of pack is like, yeah, give me a little bit of everything. Yeah. Let me decide what I love. I was actually talking to a merchant earlier today and we were talking about the value of sample packs. And yeah. how it's like, it's their number one seller. And I believe it's the tea, this tea company's number one seller. And I get why. So I'm like, hmm, let me just dabble. Everyone wants to dabble. Exactly. Especially when you're dealing with something that you're consuming. Everyone has different taste buds. Everyone has an idea of what they like. And also, what if I just want to dabble forever and just continually get variety packs? Exactly. I lo- I'm a lifelong dabbler. Okay. Same, 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 same. Good. So what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about... Basically building a brand or building a brand community uh, before launching a product or before launching a, a business, which is a often like a unique way to think about approaching it, but it's actually more common than one would like to expect. Right. Because there's two different kinds of schools of thought here, right? Well, there's at least two different schools of thought. There's brand first, there's product first, and then there's other stuff. There's just like, I'm just throwing everything at the table and hoping something stays on the table. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please don't fall off the table. <laughs> that, that, that could also be the motto for 2020. Just stay on stay on the table. You're so right. If 2020 <laughs> was a business, that is, its, that is its strategy. And there is no business plan. This is an example of creating a business plan and then lighting it on fire and then like, taking the ashes of that and turning it back into a business plan and then lighting that on fire. <laughs> the great year. And now we're here. The great year. And now we're here. So you've done this exceptionally well, where you've oh, built you. a brand around yourself and yourself is Kelly. You, I am you, Kelly. Kelly is a human. Yes. Or you Cavelli on Twitter. Yes. So my Twitter handle is K-V-L-L-Y, which doesn't actually have like any kind of formal pronunciation because this is the internet. And that was my the, the handle that was available. That was short, like my name. And so it sort of just kind of became Cavelli. Oh, I thought it was because like of like metal or something. No, oh. it was, it literally has no meaning. <laughs> Somebody actually asked us that because uh, Daniel's, uh, my husband, his Twitter handle is Daniel Vaughn, but the first A is an X. And they were like, did you guys plan this or something? You're like, no, it's just what's available. (laughs) 
It's better than having numbers after your name. It is, but anything is better. But you know what? For those listening, if you have numbers after your name, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry if I just insulted you. <laughs> there can only be so many Kellys. At some point, you were Kelly uh, 5000, you know? Like, there there are just so many. Kelly 149279231. Yep. So, okay. So, Kelly... Kelly. There's my pseudonym. So, there's Kelly, the human being who I'm talking to, and there's Kelly on Twitter, and you're the same person. But then there's Cavelli, the brand, and I'm pronouncing it as Cavelli because I want to. I do too, because at some point you have to give it some kind of pronunciation. <laughs> I can't just be like, in my brand, K-V-L-L-Y, all capital letters. Period. Period. <laughs> yes. Style choice in there. <laughs> uh, how, how, have you, how did you introduce your brand independent of yourself and yourself is also a brand. So there's definitely not a distinct separation between me and my identity online. And I think the identity online is because everyone, like, especially when you're creating some kind of identity, some kind of personality online, the same thing on like TV shows and movies there's some distinct quality that makes them them. And in my case, it's the fact that I am a developer and I tweet a lot of really dumb developer jokes. You do. Doing it less often now, but they're still up there. I just haven't actually pulled out my phone to tweet them. I just keep them to myself or show them show them to my team for them. <laughs> but all this to say, I by building a an audience, I was then able to open up an online store, which is shopcavelli.com. And I was basically, I'm just selling like developer merch or tech merch because that is an extension of my brand. But I built that community before I launched the product. Give me an example of a cheesy developer joke that like 0.0000001% of all people are going to get. Ooh, one that has to be read. That's a tough thing. Okay, so one of my favorite jokes to make every single time I come back uh, from vacation is, so you know, I'm I've just co- I've just come back from vacation and I'm getting back to my computer and opening up my email and pulling up my code editor. So I guess you could say I'm back to my regularly scheduled programming. Oh my god, that's so dumb! I love it. Boom. That's so stupid. I love it <laughs> so much. I love it so much. Um, Somebody has to do it, and I am proud to be that person. So that happened naturally, but you you kind of had a viral moment, right, a few years ago. Did that moment kind of – was that a launching point, or or was it already kind of happening in terms of – I don't of your know when exactly, like, what, what it was that kind of skyrocketed my growth, because I've had multiple kind of viral moments – over time, I think one of my big ones that kind of bridged the gap. Okay, also, um, speaking of building a personal, like a personal brand identity online and being split between e-commerce Kelly and developer Kelly and having those audiences merge is the most confusing thing. Yeah. Because I have developers responding to my commerce stuff and commerce people responding to my developer stuff. And it's just like a weird, it's it's an uncomfortable worlds collide, but I created that mess myself. It's like when you invite two different groups to a party. Yes. And like your you're, work friends and your home friends. And then you're like, school. this was a horrible mistake. What did I do? 
Yep. I didn't think this through. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so before you launched your first product, I remember this happening. You kind of, you mocked something up, right? And you were like, do I do this? Yeah. So the whole reason why I launched my store in the first place was because I wanted to figure out what headless commerce is and how it works. And we're going to do a whole episode on headless commerce because I could talk about it for approximately three hours. I promise not to record an episode of that. It'll be a bonus episode. (laughs) It'll be a, no, it'll actually be a bonus episode. Trust me. (laughs) So I'm saving you all. I'm saving that. Just saving that for you. Um, No. So in order to test building on like building a headless website, I had to open a store. And so I had products to source from like, where am I going to get my products? So I pulled up the website printful.com. It is a print on demand site. So you you just design the products, they print and ship for you. So you don't have to handle any kind of the printing or fulfillment. Pretty great. And so I took one of my developer jokes that did really well. And it was just a screenshot of uh, my Git log, which in developer speak, that is this is the progress I'm making towards a a project, but it's not really progress because usually you're saying like, built the product page, added a slideshow, and mine's like, please work, and and just button mashing the (laughs) keyboard and like cursing a lot. And it's like, this is is more like classic developer right here. Um, So I decided to, it it creates mockups for you as well that you can use, which again, we can do a whole episode on creating a print-on-demand store. That's a really great idea. Sometimes, by the way, people say P-O-D instead of print-on-demand. Yes. As just just a note. As just a note. Yes. Because you know we love acronyms. We do love three-letter acronyms in particular. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so it generates this picture of a mug with my Git log on there, and it's just surrounded by donuts. And I'm like, this is the most hilarious thing ever. So I post a picture of it and explain why I created this in the first place. And it got thousands of likes and people were like, no, seriously, I want to buy this mug. I'm like, okay. So I opened up my store sooner than I was expecting and people started buying my projects or products. And then I just became a little bit addicting. Like what else can I turn into like a go from developer joke to actual wearable merch or, or drinkable, like, like home, home goods as well. And it's, it's like grown from there. Oh, I love that cha-ching. As a merchant, if you're not using the the Shopify app and your phone is not on loud, please do both of those things. It's well worth it. I will say the disappointing part uh, when I got one of your products, so Kelly, is that it didn't come with donuts. So that it did not come with donuts. A little like false ad. I like. I'm going to give you some grace there, but <laughs> but maybe I, appreciate I was just hungry that. for donuts that day and every day. So, okay, so you just launched, right? You were like, here it is. I've got an audience. Let's go. Yeah. So I think in terms of talking about why you might want to launch a brand or launch the uh, the community before you launch the product, this is a really good example of it just happens naturally. I never intended to open a store in the first place. It felt like a natural next step just based on how things were progressing. Okay, so that's one example. What are some other reasons that you can think of? I would also say uh, you want to build hype. I think uh, Fast is a really good example of this. They built up this Twitter and Instagram presence with, you know, uh, videos and just being 
loud on social media before they had their product launch and they just hyped up their their product launch. Um, another good example is just or another good reason is that you're just not ready to launch yet. Yes. I will say that the one thing about hype, though, is when you hype something up, no matter what brand you are, you've got to execute. Yeah. Like, and there's always that risk. I mean. Oh, yeah. I personally don't like hyping up anything except for <laughs> my book not. because that was done. Yeah, exactly. Because something will go wrong. Something will inevitably go wrong. So I, I choose to not follow the hype trail. I, I'm the same. I'm the same way. I'm I'm product before hype, but uh, I also see the value in hype because it works. If you, it works. If you can it put together works. a viral marketing campaign, make yourself viral, whatever. Everyone's talking about your product before yeah. you launch. That's which the goal. is a very powerful thing. Yeah. This summer actually was it was like the summer of viral launches. Oh, for sure. You know, this is actually a really good uh, transition into finding product market fit. That's one of the really solid benefits of launching the community and then creating the product or launching the product. Because quite often, you think you might know who your customers are going to be, but it's not until you actually launch that product that that really comes to light. So by building the, the community ahead of time, you're able to test the product uh, with smaller audiences and see what they like, what they don't like, and make tweaks as you need so you can reach a broader audience when it's time to launch. A hundred percent. I think when you don't take a minute and find product market fit is when, when you can get yourself in some really dangerous waters. Exactly. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think another final thing we can touch on is Kickstarter. I think Kickstarter is a really, really great example of building an audience and building hype and just building a the brand before actually launching the product. Because the whole idea behind Kickstarter is I have this prototype or this concept and I need your help to fund it to make it a reality. If it's Even if it's not like a physical thing, if it's like software or whatever it might be. I know like uh, the Fonts Library, Fonts Awesome, started as a Kickstarter campaign. Oh, that's rad. I mean, yeah. So did Movement, right? It was either Kickstarter so, yeah. or Indiegogo. They started as a, it was crowdfunding. Yeah. And now so these, ex- and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, the, I mean, Kickstarter is a really strong avenue for launching a brand. I will say, though, making the transition from Kickstarter to running your own online store is a tough transition to get right because you're building that audience via Kickstarter. You're building it from a separate platform. You're not necessarily creating that connection through your own website and your own brand unless you I, I would recommend launching the website without the product and mm. directing people back to Kickstarter to actually back the product or the service or whatever it is you're selling. So when it comes time to actually fully launch, I've seen um, I've seen some merchants execute it very well by fulfilling those orders from their Shopify store. They just import the orders Ooh, as smart. already paid and then fulfill them via Shopify. They just import it through CSV or? Exactly. Yeah. That's epic. It's a great idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. Okay. And the last thing I want to touch on before we get into our interview with Vivian, who is phenomenal, is what do you do, Cavelli, when you, as the founder of the brand, are also the brand? How do you, what's the balance there? 
It's an interesting balance because I feel responsible for consistently putting out more products and consistently keeping that brand alive. And while I'm also running the tap room, I also have a book that I've published uh, and an audiobook. It becomes a lot of work in one, you know, all in one plate. And so for me, I wanted to separate my identity from the brand. And that is something I'm actively still working on because it is a very difficult thing to do. I think for, you know, to some capacity, people are always going to associate that store with me. And that's fine. But I think there's a delicate balance between this people associating the store with you and you associating the store with yourself. Mm. You, people are buying your products. They're not buying you. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So what do you say we talk to Vivian now? Love it. Let's do it. Kelly, I'm going to be really honest. I need to save time and make my marketing workflow more efficient. I don't want to continue to dump money into ads if they're not converting. Do you have any suggestions? As a matter of fact, I do. With JustUno, you can capture, segment, and retarget your website visitors, then personalize their shopping experience. Why spend hours on writing email copy when you're not customizing the buyer journey? Okay, I'm in, but does Just Uno work with my marketing tools? Yes, Just Uno integrates with email tools like Klaviyo and OmniSend, as well as SMS providers such as PostScript and SMS Bump. You can even capture both email and phone in the same pop-up. I recommend the Just Uno Plus plan. It gives you access to their AI component, which creates smart product recommendations based on things like most purchased and most viewed. You also get access to a Just Uno strategist to assist with the game plan and technical support. Where can I learn more? Go to justuno.com slash T to sign up and get 20% off your plan for the first year. Again, that's J-U-S-T-U-N-O dot com slash T-E-A. Today, we're talking with Vivian Kay, founder and CEO of Kinky Curly Yaki, business empowerment coach and Shopify expert. Hi there, Vivian. How you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm phenomenal. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you so much for coming on Commerce Tea. We appreciate your time. Tell us a little bit about yourself. <sighs> well, I guess if I have to officially introduce myself, my name is Vivian Kay. I am the founder and CEO of Kinky Curly Yaki. It is a premium textured hair extensions brand for Black women. Uh, I'm also a business empowerment coach. So I, I, I basically uh, kick your ass in order to get your ass in gear. <laughs> and uh, I'm a Shopify expert. Oh, I didn't even ask. Can we curse? Is that a thing? Can we curse? Well, yeah. Okay. Oh, All we're right. doing it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we yeah, talk about duck shitty long. So. If you don't understand the context of what of duck shitty long, I recommend going to our YouTube channel and watching yeah. our teardown. Awesome. So what led you to starting uh, Kiki Curly Yaki? Um, well, I wanted, I had a problem. I had a problem and I wanted to solve it. Oh, I'm trying to stop myself from doing the vanilla ice line from Ice Ice Baby. Um, but <laughs> Do um, it. I, I, I need it. No, but I don't even know what the, li- I guess like, check out, check out my, <laughs> wait, I had a problem. I had to solve it. Check out my crew as my DJ revolves it or something. I can't remember what the actual lyric is. <laughs> <laughs> But 
I can't say you're wrong. So those are not the lyrics. Exactly. I'm sure someone will let us know if I'm wrong. Um, so I started Kicking Curly Aki because I had a problem I needed to solve. Um, I had a business before and it was a, a wedding decor business. And I wanted hair that looks quote unquote presentable. So as a black woman, uh, what that means is I needed hair that um, basically would conform to what the European beauty standard was, which is typically straight hair. Um, However, I was tired of putting chemicals in my hair to make it straight. Um, As my hair grows naturally coily and curly, I wanted to wear hair extensions that look like my hair. Um, our hair, you know, typically our hair is not suited to this North American environment of cold, dry air. Like, ugh, it's, you know, it's, we're from Africa. So, you know, we're used to the, you know, the humid, uh, humid, warm sun. And our hair is not built for that type of or for this environment. So a lot of us black women tend to wear protective styles. So protective styles are uh, hair extensions. So it could be a wig, a weave, braids, anything like that. Um, so all your favorite black women, you know, Oprah. Uh, Serena Williams, Beyonce, they're all wearing protective styles. Um, But I wanted something that looks like my hair. But when I went looking for it, I found that it was buried underneath silkier textures, which typically wouldn't blend with my hair type. Um, And at the time, I thought, well, that's weird. Like, how come no one's just focusing on on kinky hair? And I just sort of filed the idea in the back of my brain. And, and, you know, because I was was really happy in my decor business. I was buying coach bags. I was going on vacation. I was happy. And then, um, so because I was trying to solve my own problem, I did a lot of my own QA. Uh, so I went, you know, I, I, uh, I would email factories overseas and I would get them to send me the products. And eventually I settled on a product that I really loved and I started to wear it. I went to a meetup event um, and a black woman pulled me aside and asked me who my hairdresser was and what my regimen was for getting my hair to look like that. And I was like, girl, this is a weave. And she was like, wow, I would buy that. For Black women, another Black woman to walk up to another Black woman and ask her who her hairdresser was is like the highest compliment that can be paid. Because if she can't tell that I'm wearing hair extensions, then that means nobody else can tell I'm wearing hair extensions, right? So uh, when she said that she would buy that, I was like, well, I bought it and she would buy it. There's got to be at least a dozen other women who would buy it too. Um, so in the down season of my wedding business, um, in December of 2012, I woke up one morning and said, I'm going to launch Kinky Curly Yaki. And it's, and I've been living happily ever after since. (laughs) I love that Genesis story. You're like, uh, you know what? Here's a need and I'm going to solve it now. Mm -hmm. Cause I think we get caught up in that. And one of the best parts is that your need was immediately validated by somebody else. I love that. So when you started Kinky Curly Yaki, what was that process like? Oh, well, I had no idea what I was doing, right? So I was naive. This is back in, this is December of 2012. So let's say, let's call it 2013. Amazon was really starting to really ramp up and people were starting to get comfortable with putting their credit cards online. Um, And so then it was just interesting. So a lot of my pain points there were, you know, even doing things like uh, trying to convince people or trying to convince my my audience to buy my product um, because the hair isn't seen as quote unquote beautiful, right? Because it's our natural kinky hair, which, you know, for generations and generations, we've been told by society, it's ugly, it's nappy, it's, it's not professional, right? And so then um, there's a certain demographic of people who thought, well, why would I buy kinky hair when, you know, no, when it's ugly? 
So there were a lot of, um, you know, naysayers that thought that I wouldn't, like, you know, this was sort of like a business that didn't make sense. Or even people who saw that I had no idea what I was doing, like, you know, in terms of e-commerce, right? Um, and I, you know, I'm one of those people where if you tell me I can't do something, <laughs> guess what? I'm going to do it, right? So, um, you know, and so I just saw that this was something and, you know, and because I was trying to solve my own problems, I was in Facebook groups and forums and I'd built an audience without realizing it. Right. So I was just being in, you know, I was in Facebook hair care, black hair care groups being Vivian. Um, and then um, I launched this business, but I didn't tell anyone it was my business. Until someone, um, someone decided that they were going to out me and say, oh, you know who owns this business? It's Vivian. And they were like, oh, well, all the more reason to support it. <laughs> <laughs> right? And Wait, I was like, were they oh. trying to be shady in the Yeah, they were trying to be shady. They were trying to be shady. Uh, because historically, especially in the black hair care and just even black beauty period, it's not like now it's, you know, the tides are churning, but back then there weren't a lot of black owned brands. Right? And so then it was rare to see a black woman being the owner and founder and the operator of a black hair care business. Because even like, say, traditionally with like black beauty supply stores, they're owned by Koreans. You know, the the hair comes from India. The supply, you know, the, the suppliers are in China. Like it's all owned by other people, but not by us. And so then the fact that I was actually like, you know, I got high on my own supply, as I like to say, um, you know, that sort of helped to stand out and sort of knocked out any of the, um, you know, any of those barriers in that in that direction. Did I even answer the question? I don't even remember. I think you did answer the question. I, I feel like you did. First, you got high off your own supply. I'm just kidding. Yeah, 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 I, yeah I'm, I'm high right now. I, I am high right now. Speaking of supply... How did you learn the supply chain side of things? Well, this was before Alibaba was really, you know, popping on and popping. So it was all through email. So then what I would do is I would, um, um, you know, luckily within these forums, they were sharing, you know, all these different vendors and factories and people. Um, and so then I would just email them all and I would order from all of them. And I would say, this is what I want and this is what it needs to look like. Some of them would say, no, I don't want to do it. It's too kinky. Um, and then some of them were like, yeah, sure, we can do it. And then I was, okay, make it kinkier. And they're like, oh, are you sure? Because no one's ever ordered it like this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. Because I want it to look like my hair, right? Um, so I did a lot of my own QA, um, a lot of trial and error. Spent, I don't want to say a lot of money, but I spent a lot of money, especially for someone that didn't have a lot of money, right? But I didn't spend tens of thousands of dollars. I'd say I spent a couple of thousand dollars just trying products. Right. And then once I found a factory that seemed to that seemed to be cooperative, I would order the same products and the same textures under different names just to see if I was getting the same quality because I couldn't physically go there and see what I was buying. Um, and then plus, I was really adamant about making sure the product that I was selling was actually um, good enough for mm -hmm. for my audience. Right. Um, because they, you know, because kinky hair has this reputation as being bad hair, the people who were making it didn't know how it was supposed to act, right? And so then because I was running my own QA, I knew how it was supposed to act, what it was supposed to do. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's basically how I, that's basically how I did it. Now I read on the internet that you didn't pay a dime for paid ads, not a dime. No. I didn't do, I didn't pay, I didn't pay for paid ads until 2017, January, 2017. 
So how did you drive traffic in that interim period? Like I said, I built I built an audience. I uh, organically built an audience within Facebook uh, groups and on a forum. Um, and I was just being myself. So I showed people how I wore the hair, what I did with the hair. I guess I was an influencer for my own business. Again, got high on my own supply. Um, so a lot of it was organic. So and then plus I, uh, you know, in my previous life as, you know, with a with a nine to five, I knew all about SEO before SEO was a thing for e-commerce, like for regular, regular uh, e-commerce people. So I was always SEOing my website. Like, yeah, I'm going to put some alt keywords on behind my images. I know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing all that. Yeah, I was doing <laughs> all that back in 2013. So, um, you know, so I got ahead. Like, you know, I, so I, I got, I had a lot of organic reach, right? Well, you know, I love to hear about search because that's my favorite thing to talk about. So I'm... Is that, is that what makes you happy? Uh, yeah, that's what brings me joy. <laughs> really normal stuff, you know, yeah, reading yeah. nerdy papers about search uh, and hearing stories about how it works. So thank you for, for sharing that. Moving a little bit off of Kinky Curly Yaki, but something that is branded pretty heavily across your Twitter and, and, and your online presence are chads. And uh, what would Chad do? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Uh, well, you know, being in this e-commerce game, you know, there's a lot of uh, men, especially white men, who who think they know everything, right? So, um, you know, sometimes I would start to uh, to question myself or, you know, question my qualifications, especially because, you know, I'm a college dropout. I'm an immigrant. I'm a Black woman. I'm a single mother. Like, I have all these obstacles in front of me, and somehow I managed to overcome them. Um, but you know, a white guy would be like, he, <laughs> he would, he would, um, you know, he would just say, oh, well, I mean, I could have done that. And it's like, okay, but you didn't, I did. But anyways, Chad is an energy. He's a mood. He's an attitude. He's a mindset. He's not a particular person. So he's not meant to, um, you know, he's not meant to, you know, uh, what's the word? He's not meant to, is, I don't mean to make anyone feel like their accomplishments, they're to diminish anyone's accomplishments. Wow, my brain is, I need some coffee. That's what it is. Um, he's not meant to diminish anyone's accomplishments and it's not meant to bash men at all. Uh, so what it is, is, is it's a mood. So it's just meant to help you to immediately dismiss any self-limiting beliefs that come into your head, right? And especially as women, you know, we could look at it, like, let's just say, for example, we look at a job, a job, uh, a job posting. We could have four out of the five qualifications that we wouldn't apply. But Chad, Chad would apply. He wouldn't have a single one of those damn <laughs> qualifications and he would apply and he would get the job. It's so true. But really what it's about is just having the audacity to do the big things, right? Because Chad is sitting down celebrating his mediocrity like, you know, like he won the Nobel Prize. Right. But here we are. We're doing the same thing. We probably won the Nobel Prize, but we'd be like, yeah, I won the Nobel Prize. <laughs> right. So but I had a lot of help along the way. I had a lot, yeah, I had a lot of help along the way. And I'd like to thank these people in my life. And it's like, you know, those people didn't do shit. <laughs> you did that shit yourself. So why are you giving them credit for the things that you're doing? So really, Chad is just that. What would Chad do is just meant to help you. It's just meant to encourage you to do the big thing. So whenever you think, you know, oh, I'm underqualified, that imposter syndrome starts to just nying, nying, nying in your head, just stop and just think, what would Chad do? Would Chad sit down and worry about, oh, my kids and oh, what will people think? And oh, my goodness, I don't want to sound braggy. I don't want to. Chad doesn't care. Chad does all that stuff and he gets away with it. So why can't you do it too? I needed this so much. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've been in, I've been working on embracing my inner Chad. Rhea knows that imposter syndrome is a very real thing for me, especially being young in the industry as well. I'm 29, and I feel very. I, I, I tend to compare myself to others who have been in this in this space longer, even if they haven't been in this space longer, but they're louder than I am. And yeah, it's a very real thing. Very real. Like it's really, and you know, so sometimes you just need to like, so I'm, I'm all about celebrating every single damn win. Like celebrate it all. Cause Chad would, Chad gets, you know, he gets some mediocre mention in some, <laughs> some local <laughs> newspaper. This man's acting like he won a Grammy, right? He He's acting like he won an EGOT, like, bro, calm down. But you know what? There's nothing wrong. And no one tells him to calm down, right? Whereas if we do, it's like, oh, you're being aggressive or you're being this or you're being a bitch or you're being that. Go. Would you say that to Chad? No, you wouldn't. So why are you saying it to me? I need right? to like, just keep so, you like right here next to me. That, you know what? That's what that's what the Chad is supposed to do. You, you keep him in your in your back pocket, in your purse, in your in bra, bra, wherever right you need to keep him. <laughs> Chad right can't keep Chad right there. Right there. And just whip it out and just be like, what would Chad do? <laughs> Thanks, Vivian. And then put it back. <laughs> <laughs> and are those posters for sale? They are. They are. So um so if you go to either on my on my Instagram or my Twitter, you'll click on it literally says this is the link in my bio. Um you, you'll see links there and they I actually so um because I like I said I do business coaching, these are actually being produced by my coaching clients. Huh. So I've allowed them to use the trademark um, to 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 sell whatever products that they sell. So I don't like all they get 100% of the money. I just allow them to use the trademark because I'm just all about empowering as many people as I can to do big things. Let's actually talk about that a little bit more. So you've been working on growing your consulting business. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Well, um, you know, after, you know, I would say in about 2018, I sort of popped my head up out of the sand because I was so busy. You know, I gave birth to my son in 2014. I hit my first million in 2016. So I was really busy minding my business, literally, like minding my baby and my business. And when I, you know, sort of pulled my head out of the sand to see what everyone was doing, I saw the, all these coaches and all these podcasts and all these people, ah, e-commerce, e-commerce, e-commerce. But what I realized was that everyone was trying to um, sell blueprints. Mm. And I was like, there is no blueprint to this. <laughs> like, right? Even if someone gave you a blueprint, you could follow it word for word and line for line and you wouldn't get the same result. But that's what these people were selling. Right? And so then I, I was like, that's just so icky. That's so icky. I don't like it. But, you know, I realized that I had, you know, I had to overcome my energy. I had to, you know, get my chat on and realize that, you know, Vivian, you actually know what you're talking about. You built a business from zero to a million dollars and you had no idea how you did it, but you did. Right. So you must know something. So I wanted to be able to share that information. Um, but I, what I realized was that a lot of people knew what they were doing, but they didn't have the confidence to do it. Two questions, follow on. One, how are you helping people gain that confidence without giving away your secret sauce? And two, what are the main things in your business empowerment coaching uh, are you seeing that people need to be working on? Um, well, first, I, I don't, I'm not afraid of giving, I'm not afraid of giving away my secret sauce because I am the secret sauce. Like just being Vivian is the secret sauce, right? And so really, I'm just trying to bring out the secret sauce in you. I love that. I love that. Right? Because you can learn all this stuff on a podcast, on YouTube, or whatever the case may be. But what you bring to the business is something very special. And I want you to focus on that. 
So what I bring, um, so what I see a lot of people, well, I see a lot of mistakes being made is that people keep trying to follow blueprints. They keep trying to mm. follow what so-so-and-so is doing. And it's like, girl, you can you can follow what they're doing, but it's not going to be the same. But what you need is confidence in what you're doing. Confidence to know, okay, if I'm making this decision for my business, I'm confident in that decision. And even if the decision, let's just say if, you know, at the end of the, you've made the decision and it, it all fails, you don't fall apart. You just know, okay, you know what? I did the best that I could with the information that I had. Now I know better. Here's how I can do. Here's how you can do better. Right. And so that's why I instill. And so that I see that a lot. And that's why I call myself a business empowerment coach, because I can teach you how I did it step by step. And again, you're not going to do it the way I do it. But if you have the confidence to do it and make your own decisions, then you you will be successful. But you just need to be confident in your own skill set. So I'm more of a, a fairy godmother or guider, I guess you could say. <laughs> I feel like everybody <laughs> needs a little bit of, of Vivian in their lives. To be honest, they do. They yeah. do. I keep on saying that I need a business therapist, so, like a therapist specifically for that, and that's what it is. And you know what? And that's that's. I, I sometimes I feel that sometimes I'll get off a call. I'm like, I really am a therapist <laughs> because you have the answers. You just need a sounding board to be like, Vivian, am I crazy? No, girl, you're not crazy. Exactly. This, you know what you should do? You should do. You know, instead of doing A, B, C, you should do A, B, and G. Right. And then you're like, you know what? You're right. I, I mean, I knew it, but I wasn't sure. And then, well, girl, do it. And if it turns and then if it turns out wrong, be like, oh, hey, girl. Uh, yeah. So, you know what? I forget about G. Let's do H. <laughs> right. But at least you have the confidence to move forward and make those mistakes and, and, and do what needs to be done for your business without worrying about, you know, what other people think and living up to this and comparing yourself to that. And ugh. so let's shift gears a little bit and talk about what's on the minds of every single merchant everywhere, which is Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Mm. I know we all have feelings about it, but I would love your thoughts on the landscape or how you're preparing or how you're not preparing, whatever you want. You know, for me, um, Black Friday traditionally has been, you know, a great a great period where, you know, you bring up, we're already doing well and it's a time to, you could bring up your sales. Uh, but this guy, different. This thing called coronavirus came and said, no, you need to sit your ass down and, and just, you know, focus on something else. So for me, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, will I do it? I'm not entirely sure, um, only because I'm not sure if my supply chain right now can support it. And I'm sure that's mm. the case with a lot of businesses where the supply chain has just gone to shit. Right. Um, it's there. Like, you know, but can I support a Black Friday type of deal? I don't know. I'm going to try, but it's going to come with a bunch of asterisks, right? Like, okay, hey, girl, if you are looking to order this and get it tomorrow, first of all, USPS has gone to shit. <laughs> Second of all, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, you know, so it's like, it's just, it's just a shit show all around, right? So, I mean, for those people who were lucky enough to have, you know, six months worth of inventory up front, you know, six months ago, um, then then that would, you know, that's great. But, you know, not not everyone is, you know, has Chad's, uh, you know, what's it called? Trust fund money to stock up on stuff, right? So. Uh, it's so true, though. It's so true. Yeah, I think Black Friday, Cyber Monday this year is going to be quiet. Different. Yes. 
quiet. I, I think we're going to have to stop um, way ahead of time, to be honest, to hit shipping yeah. metrics and hit shipping timelines. But I don't know the answer any better than you do. But I, I, I wanted your take because you're in the trenches selling the stuff. I'm over here building software. Kelly's over there building amazing stores. But, oh, well, I guess, Kelly, you are shipping things because on your- on I your, also have a store, yes. On your Cavelli store. But the difference is, is Cavelli is is, draw, is doing print on, demand. on demand. And you have to hold uh, Vivian physical inventory. And that's that's a whole thing. That's a whole, like, listen, Shopify, even Shopify, you know, usually on the dashboard, it's like, hey, you know, get ready for Black Friday. There's a countdown. Now it's just like, hey, girl. You need some money. You need some Shopify money. You look like you could use some money. <laughs> They're not counting down to anything this year. Mm-mm. They're not. And it's so interesting as well, because I know Amazon is starting their Black Friday sales October 26th. A whole month. Well, Amazon, see, Amazon's the only the only brand probably that's come out coming out of this unscathed. In Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> and, Peloton. <laughs> and Peloton, right? They're the only, and Netflix, right? Yep. So like, I mean, if you've got that, if you've got that kind of money and you've got that kind of lead time, and basically it's not like they're producing their own inventory, we're supplying them with the inventory, right? Um, and all they're doing is capitalizing on that. So, you know, it's, I mean, good for them, but <laughs> not so much for Exactly. <laughs> so every episode we round it out with store shout outs. So tell us about a store that is making you happy this week that you think is crushing it or or just one you want to shine a light on. You know, there's one I and I, and I discovered this over the over the 6 month corona break. Um <laughs> there's the uh, you know my I have a the break. I that's what I'm just going to call it. It's just a break. Um there is a company called um I, there's a bunch of companies, but this one comes top of mind only because I just thought it was smart. Um and they're called Play Pit. And it's a it's a deodorant for kids. Oh, oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a deodorant for kids because you don't want to, I mean, I don't know what happened. My son turned six and all of a sudden his pits stink. Oh, gosh, I hope he doesn't listen to this. But, um, <laughs> but and you know, it's not just him, but I've noticed, like, you know, even with my, my sister's kids, same thing. Um, but you're sort of weary of using like, you know, aluminum and, you know, the adult type of deodorants on them. And then when you use the ones that are like natural and all that jazz, it doesn't even work. Um, but with her, she, I, I, her story resonated with me because she's also a single mom of a son. Um, and, you know, she's just got this scrappy little business where she created this deodorant for her son because he's, you know, he's, he turned seven and started stinking. Um, I blame chicken nuggets. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I loved, I loved the product. Like I loved, um, I loved her branding. I loved her story at, you know, cause it resonated with me. And so that's one of my shout outs. And then another shout out I'd like to give, and it's all kid related, um, is Kids Swag Co. Um, you know, full transparency. She's one of my coaching clients, but I started with her in January and she's just sort of taken off. Like she's really taken um, the confidence that I've helped to give her and just ran with it. So she, um, what she does is she provides, um, she provides accessories, I guess you could say for black children. So we got, she's got backpacks and t-shirts that have black superheroes on them and backpacks with, you know, books about black, 
you know, historians and all that. So basically confidence building for Black children. And, you know, for me as a Black mother, that's, and especially during this, you know, this other pandemic we're going through, um, that's especially important for me. So those are my two shout outs, Play Pits and Kids Swag Co. I just got to say, especially for Play Pits, their branding and like their label is so cute. It is super cute. It's super cute. And adults can use it too. So that's that's the beautiful thing. Uh, that's the beautiful thing about it too. I don't know her personally. I just I just really um, enjoyed her story and um, and her products. It's smart. Like it's just I love when people find like and you know there, it's, I'm finding that it's becoming very rare where people are solving an actual problem because they had it and then they went to market with it. Not oh well you know this I I saw it trending on Google Trends and now I'm going to turn around and drop ship it and bootstrap it or uh, not even bootstrap it but you know VC fund it you know. Take on $30 million and then disappear. <laughs> what? That's never happened before. Oh, my gosh. What? I just had a sip of water. I almost choked. <laughs> <laughs> what? This is something I talk about very frequently. Uh, I think we need to have cocktails in Zoom sometime soon. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I would I'm totally go for that. Kelly, what's your store of the week? So, full disclosure, uh, my store is also one of my clients. But... The product is called Prep Deck, and it's basically this, this system that has multiple, like it has a cutting board built in. It has a bunch of different kinds of containers for storing the things that you're chopping up, including a space for a knife board and uh, or a knife block and like a, a, a iPad stand for your recipes or whatever. It's beautiful. And while I'm building the site, I'm like, I just need one of these. This is my problem with working with clients whose products are really cool is that they give me the money and then I give it right back. <laughs> <laughs> you're building their site and you're like, shut up and take my money. <laughs> my best part, or my, my favorite part is at the end is be like, wow, this was a really great shopping experience. Good job. <laughs> Shop you're getting high on your own supply. That's right. <laughs> Rian, what's your store this week? My store of the week is Three Gems. And that's 3gemstea.com. Kelly and I recently did a teardown of their store on our newly launched YouTube channel. And I I ordered their uh, six oolong tea sampler pack. A, the branding is amazing on the store and off of the store. Second, they sent me a handwritten note. And we all know how much I love that. And and they signed it. And they said, thank you for the teardown. And then they also sent me because... Kelly and I were giggling because they have a product called Duck Shit Oolong. And, and some of them were just rated as five-star Duck Shit Oolong. And we thought, oh, ha, 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 someone's saying that. No. And then we're like, oh, just kidding. That's like the name of the tea. Um, so <laughs> I got some extras. And they said in the note that if I ever need a giggle, that they sent me some extras. Oh, and I just thought dope. it was so cool. And you can tell that that's, that's what the kind of experience they give to everybody. So that's my shout out for the week. I love it. Okay. So we end with one question, which is, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, I'm a pleasure to follow on Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm an absolute joy. <laughs> uh, I've got a number of things on there. I've got my Mind Your Business. So I do a weekly Instagram, an IGTV show called Mind Your Business, um, where I talk about all things entrepreneur Um, I do a thing where I sing good morning to my plants because <laughs> I've got like 57 of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got 57 plants. The quarantine was something. Um, 
Uh, so Instagram, especially my Instagram stories, that's where that's where that's 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 where you can see me being Vivian. Um, and then on Twitter is where I'm more petty. Um, <laughs> so you can find me on both channels at it's Vivian K. So I T S V I V I A N K A Y E. Um, and don't be shy. Say hi. You know, I, I, if you want me to bite, I will. But yeah. <laughs> I love the I love the petty brand you have on Twitter. It's I, oh, I live for that. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Sometimes I just sometimes you just gotta be petty. Also, I mean, given just, the audience, you know. I mean <laughs> they can they can they can they can they dish it, so I'm sure they can handle it. <laughs> well, this has been an absolute pleasure. I look forward to chatting with you more in the future. Thank you so much for your time. You're awesome. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. It's great to talk to two women about, you know, bro stuff, right? Or what's typically known <laughs> as bro stuff. So it was great sipping tea with you. <laughs> it was great sipping tea with you as well. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. You can subscribe to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Tuesday, so grab your mug and join us. See you next week. Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify app store.